We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Let's see if we can get out of Matthew. I promise you we're going to get out of Matthew. It's guaranteed. Because I'm only going to do one or two more verses and move over to Luke. <laughs> so we're talking about... Pardon me, the end time drama. Let's go to verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And just, just as a reminder, keep in mind, Jesus is talking directly to his people, directly to the Jewish, you know, his friends, his, the Hebrew people. And, and so these things are direct, and they're going to happen in the next few uh, weeks, months, years, those type of things. Uh, and, and again, we're going to come back to these because there's reflection in these verses as well of things that are going to happen in our time. Uh, I'm going to restate this again. Th there, there's prophecy in Scripture for the Jews. There's prophecy in Scripture for the church. There's prophecy in Scripture for the world concerning the end time. Some of those overlap with one another. Some of them do not touch each other at all. And so we're going to continue to talk about those. So as Jesus is speaking to his kinsmen here, he's speaking of the consequence of the calamities that he's just spoken of. If you remember, we've just spoken of how that Jerusalem's going to fall, you know, the, the things that are going to happen, and, you know, it would be bad for a woman to have child and all those things. And so he, he's, he's speaking of the destruction of Jerusalem. And understand, there's, there's a prophetic language, I think, that most people don't recognize in Scripture or that we don't talk about. But there's actually a prophetic language that's used. And the strange thing is we can look in, in, in Revelation and we see a lot of prophetic language. In other words, type and shadow. When it speaks of the lion and the lamb, we know that Jesus is neither a lion or a lamb, right? He's a human. But, but, but we know that, that in the prophetic speaking, it's speaking not of something in personage, but, but of, of actually... You know, one, one portion of this and one portion of that. So we understand in Revelation that goes on a lot. What we fail to do is look in the Old Testament and understand there's prophetic language. We fail to look at what Jesus says and understand Jesus is prophet, priest, and king. And so he, there's prophetic language that's used. And we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight because it, it helps you understand the process that Jesus is going through with his people right here. But then when we connect it back with us, it helps us to understand the whole thing. So in the prophetic language, so let me read this again now that I've said all of that. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. So in prophetic language, when you look in prophetic language and you can look in Old Testament, you can look in New Testament. Prophetic language, when it talks about the sun, it's talking about the religion of the Jews. It's talking about Judaism. When you look at the moon, it's talking about, and again, we're speaking directly of them first. It's talking about the government uh, of, of the Jews. We, we think when it, and let, let me go, the stars represent judges in the prophetic language. And so when you look in Revelation, you can see there was a, the ten heads and ten horns, and you can see as the stars fell, and, you know, we understand in Revelation as the stars fell, it's not talking about physical stars, but you know it's talking about something else that, that, that's in our midst. Understand that this same language is in the Old Testament. The same language is when Jesus is talking. So, so let's look at this. Uh, or that. So uh, the stars represent judges of both the religion and uh, uh, the government of the Jews. <clears throat> Listen, 
as well in prophetic language. And you see it in the Old Testament, and you see it in the New Testament. When you see great commotions on the earth mentioned, it, it's, it, it's often mentioned as, a, as changes in heaven, like stars falling, this darkened, that moon not shining. Am I confusing you? The sun will represent Judaism or the religion of the Jews. Understand this. Judaism hasn't always been the religion of the Jews because there were times when they fell totally away from it and they were at, went under other religions. But as Jesus is talking to them, he's talking to them about Judaism. And so, can I give you for instance, if you turn to Isaiah 13, there's, it's about the fall of Babylon and Pardon me, the fall of Babylon is represented by stars. No, there wasn't stars that were falling out. Babylon was falling. And the constellations of heaven were withdrawing their light. And the sun and the moon being darkened. It's speaking of government and religion. In Ezekiel 32, it talks about the destruction uh, of Egypt. And it's represented by the heaven being covered. The sun en enveloped with a cloud. Uh, the moon withholding their light. Again, when we look at Revelation, we, we understand that those are types or shadows or, you know, they're, they're figurative. They're not literal. But we don't look in the Old Testament a lot of times and think the same thing. We think literally this cloud came over and covered up the sun. But you have to understand it's a prophetic language. Uh, so let's keep talking. The government. Son, son yeah. Here's one you're all familiar with. This, this one will kind of tie it up. Joel chapter 2. You familiar with Joel chapter 2? Because we, we quote out of Joel chapter 2 quite a bit. In the last day, saith God, I will put out my spirit upon all flesh. Okay. In, in, in Joel 2, the destruction of Jer Jerusalem is, is foretold. And it's represented by showing wonders in the heaven and in earth, darkening the sun, turning. Remember in Acts chapter 2? Because he repeats this. He repeats what Joel said. Turning the, uh, the moon into blood. Okay, you remember okay. Remember that in prophetic language, the sun represents the Jewish religion and the moon represents Jewish government. Now, when you look at it, and in the last day of saith God, when he pours out of his spirit, when did that happen? That was ten days or fifty days, uh, ten days after Jesus left, but fifty days after Passover. So it was still when it was still in the early stages. The Holy Ghost fell in the early stages of the transition. And we, which we know is the Old and New Testament. So when you, when you look at it, do, do you see any mention by anybody, as in Paul or Peter, any of them talking about, you know what? You, during this time, we saw the, sun, the moon turn to blood. Why is that? Because it's prophetic language. What they did see in 70 AD, which would have been some 35 years later, somewhere in that arena, they did see this their government the, their religion turned to blood they did see their government be darkened it was destroyed it was all done away with because of the destruction of jerusalem say again great commotions in the scripture if you look at it and keep following it is is the destruction of whatever when it talks about uh, stars falling from the sky or the moon or sun turning to a color or being, or, or being darkened. Those are commotions in heaven that are really talking about the destruction of whomever, if it's Babylon, if it's uh, Jerusalem, if it's Egypt. That's the prophetic language that it's talking. And 
the problem is right now because these same prophetic language tones overtones are used in revelation we're looking for this to happen before the 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 rapture we're looking for the sun to turn turn or the moon to turn to its blood we're looking for the, when in fact it's not talking about the actual physical bodies but it's talking about governments and religion and therefore when you try to take the physical aspect and not understand the prophetic language, it, it confuses what's being told. So, so in Jesus' day, when he spoke of those things, when he, when he spoke about the destruction of Jerusalem, and he spoke about the, the it's a reference to Old Testament. We just read some reference to Old Testament. How that Jesus was telling them, here's what's about to happen. Judaism is about to be destroyed in Jerusalem. The government is about to be destroyed. And as a matter of fact, Jerusalem is going to be totally wiped out. And so that's the reference. Now, there's references in the upcoming events uh, at the end of time where this same type of events are going to happen. There's going to be religion that falls. There's going to be government that falls. There's the stars, you know, it's the stars that fall from the sky. It talks about there's kings. When you look in the Old Testament, a lot of times you find the stars that fall reference kings. So understand that, that you're not literally seeing stars falling. You're seeing men are falling because the king's a man. If it's a queen, be a woman, but so does that make sense? Is that okay? Because when we go, when we revert back and, and we, we, we get into, because next week we're going to start a whole deal, the, 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 the times of the Gentiles. And so we're going to see how that ties with some of the things that Jesus said and then some of the things that's going to happen at the end. So, again, remember that it's prophetic language. Also remember that in Joel chapter 2, which prophesies the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, it's followed by the signs we just spoke of. When he prophesied about the Holy Ghost, he then prophesied about the signs. Yet on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost fell, and even thereafter, there was no blood moon. There, there was no any of those things. It's because those, those things were going to happen in a few 30, 35 years, that, the destruction of Jerusalem. It wasn't a physical aspect. Verse 30. I can get stuck here. And then, shall they, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven in power and great glory. Understand something. Again, Jesus, when Jesus calls himself the Son of Man, the Son of Man, can, can you can ever reference me where he calls himself the Son of God? And go ahead and check your note, head. Jesus never refers to himself as the Son of God. Others do, but he doesn't. The Son of Man, because being referenced as the Son of Man is referencing the flesh. Okay? So, so he's talking to his people, 
and he's talking to the Jews, and he's saying, calling himself the flesh of God. When he's speaking of the son, of, everybody there was a son, right? Every, all the men there were sons, right? So they understood he wasn't just talking about being Joseph's son. They understood what he meant when he said son of man, the flesh of God. Jesus is that flesh. Okay. So remember that these signs. So in ver, when we read verse 30, to the nation of Israel, this, when we read that scripture, it means that the, the destruction uh, that comes about comes about actually in the name of the Lord. It's the power and the glory and how God destroys because it was God that allowed Titus to come in to destroy Jerusalem. God allowed that. Why did he do that? To, to destroy the Judaism, to get it out of the way, and then to get the church to come out and blossom like it's supposed to. So when we read there, verse 30, the tri- all the tribes of the earth mourn. Uh, just I, I studied that pretty heavily, and that term, the tribes of the earth, is actually a reference to the land of Judea and all the tribes that are in Judea. We think of all the earth, but you remember we talked about how uh, when it said in all the world, the gospel will be preached in all the world, but that world, word world in the Greek actually meant Roman, the Roman Empire. That, okay, so here we've got another reference of something that appears to us in our English language to be all over the earth, when in fact it is the Judea, the tribes of Judea. Jerusalem's destruction was so awe-striking to the Jews, unbelievable, uh, because it demonstrated a power and a glory above what they could understand. And, and it, the Bible says they all mourned over it. Verse 31. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the end of, the, of heaven to the other. This is a real interesting verse. I'm about to end up and get out of Matthew. The word angels here are messengers like the apostles or those that follow the apostles, Christian ministry. That an angel is a messenger, and, and here, that's the reference here. You know, we think of angels as, oh, you know, wings and all that. It's not, not that at all here. It's, 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 it's the messengers. The great trumpet here, when you look at the reference in the Greek, it's, it means a loud-sounding trumpet, and, and it's, it's, a call that's, it's a loud call that's followed after is what it means. And so what Jesus is referencing here is that there will be a loud call of the gospel. After Jerusalem is destroyed, the gospel's gonna, there's going to be a loud call over the whole world the known world about the gospel. And look what happened. The church went out and there was a loud call. The gospel was then it just exploded in that known part of the world. That was that trumpet sound. Now keep in mind, he's talking to Israel here. We're going to come back to this. I know some of you are looking at me like, we're going to come back to this because there's an intermingling here. So the gathering of the elect. Elect in the Greek means the selected, chosen, or favorite. The word in the Greek for heaven here. I want you to see this. From the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. So that means that if if heaven is an actual place, it has an end, right? Okay, so so maybe it's not referenced an actual place. I'm kind of throwing a... The Greek word for heaven right here is malroth. Malroth. And it means to cut, destroy, and consume. So now I understand what he's saying. So after the fall of Jerusalem, Jesus says there's going to be a chosen, a favorite, a select group that were, were cut off, destroyed, or they were consumed. And they, he references them later to, as the Gentile nation. So at some point, we were all cut off, right? 
That's what, that's what the, world, the word here, uh, heaven, is. It's not, it's not heaven's the atmosphere. It's not heaven, the place we think we're going to. No. It's a total different word. And it's talking about a select of people. Uh, and, and so we understand that we, uh, we, are, we are the elect now. We are not the elect uh, before Pentecost. We are the elect now. We are the selected. We are the favorite. We are the chosen. Jesus speaks in Matthew 8 and Luke 13 about those who would sit down in the kingdom of heaven with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But the children of the kingdom would be cast into outer darkness. The kingdom of heaven and the children of the kingdom are two separate things. Two separate things. So let's, the children of the kingdom are those Jews who were born into this legal right to the Messiah. But because they refused Jesus as the Messiah, they then gave up that right. They rejected the Messiah, gave up that right. And so now the kingdom of, the kingdom of God is ushered in. The kingdom. So now you've got a different, the kingdom he speaks of in the earthly kingdom and the kingdom he speaks of in the heavenly kingdom or the spiritual kingdom. Let me use that term, it's better. The Gentiles, in other words, would become the chosen or the elect to spread the gospel. It was the intent of God for the Jews to spread the gospel through the whole world. Correct? And, and the first church was all Jews. Correct? But, it, but what happened through the process of time? Gentiles are the ones who spread the gospel through the whole world. And that was the reference Jesus is making here, and that's what he's telling his Jewish friends. It's, it's, we're not Jews, so it's kind of hard to understand, but to understand that our Messiah is not is Jesus okay and we're, we're supposed to spread but we're not going to get to where it's going to be Gentiles are going to do it you understand the effect that it's going to have on the Jewish thinking okay so you can note in history that Christianity spread greatly right after the destruction of Jerusalem historical fact in Luke's gospel chapter 24 so let's get to Matthew let's finish up Luke we're going to finish this Luke's gospel chapter 24 it's the same account we're reading in Matthew, but there's some different. This is kind of dicey, but if you say, the, gospel, the gospel according to Matthew, the gospel according to Luke, the gospel according to John, the gospel according. What, what does it tell you? Okay, they're all, all influenced by the Holy Ghost, all, all word influenced by the Holy Ghost, but the the perception and the perspective in which they received it and wrote it down. Okay? So, Luke chapter 24, same account. Verse 23 says, But woe unto them that are with child, remember this, and to them that gave suck in those days, for there shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon his people. Remember reading that in Matthew? Verse 24, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations and Jerusalem shall be trodden down by the... 24? Huh? I'm sorry, 21. I have, oh, I have verse 24 here and I was, sorry. Chapter... Yeah. <laughs> all right, go back. Chapter 21. All right, so, okay, so you mean to read that first verse again? Yeah. Verse 23, but woe unto them that are with child. Huh? Okay, remember reading that in Matthew? Okay, same account. Verse 24, and they shall fall by the sword and shall be led away captive unto all nations. Who are we talking about? 
Anybody right now? Can you guess it? Jerusalem shall be trodden down by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And so in the same account, Luke writes it. He says, listen, all these things previous that we've talked about, here's what's going to happen. This is all going to go down, and what's going to happen is Jerusalem's going to fall, and they're going to be led captive into all nations. Matthew didn't say this. He didn't say anything about them being led captive into all the world. But then Luke's perspective, he adds to this, is to help us understand they're going to be taken away captive into all nations, and, they're going to, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down till the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And that's what we're going to talk about next week. So I want to finish just really quick, chapter 21. Let's just go through this with, without... Because when we discuss the times of the Gentiles, it's going to be very important to understand the word times and Gentiles. We know what Gentiles are, but times of the Gentiles is important to understand what that means. Because remember, we looked at the word world and we found out it meant something different. We can look at times. Now, times here, I'll just tell you, times is the word kairos, and we've heard kairos, kairos moments. But what is a kairos moment? The moment of import. And so there is going to be a specific time or a moment of import when the time of the Gentiles is done. There's going to be a point when it's over. It's important to understand that. Because there's, that's where you know, people get mixed up in pre-trib, mid-trib, and post-trib. There is a point in time already designated that only God knows. And that port in time is the time when our, our time is over, fulfilled, completed, done. So let's just let's finish up here in Luke, because I don't, I don't want to talk about the time of the Gentiles until next week. But just let's look at a, a few things here. Uh, verse 25, there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon <laughs> and the stars. Okay. And upon the earth, the stress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves uh, roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they uh, see the Son of Man coming in cloud with glory and great. We look at these scriptures, and what do we think of? What, what comes to your mind? Rapture, right? Is that what comes to your mind? Okay, let's keep reading. Well, let's just keep. <laughs> and when these things began to come to pass, what things? The things we just talked about. Look up. Lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth near or nigh. And he spake unto them a parable. He talks about the fig tree. When thou, uh, you know, when the pig tree shoots, fig, pig tree, fig tree <laughs> shoots out its leaves. You know that, you know, the, the, the summer is coming close. That word summer means heat in Greek. But, but understand that, you know, you know, we know when these come out and the heat's coming because it's about to produce. Okay. So likewise, when you see these things come to pass, what things? Everything we just read about. And knowing that the fig tree has plopped out. Okay. That when you see these things come to pass, know that the kingdom of God is not yet at hand. Okay, let's stop. What is the kingdom of God? Say again. 
righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, the kingdom of God. So, so <laughs> let's look at these verses again. All this goes down. And he said, behold, with the, when the fig tree buds, you know, uh, summer's coming, the heat's coming, and it's going to happen. So likewise, when you see all things happen, understand this, the kingdom of God is about to pop out in front of you. So when did the kingdom of God pop out in front of us here in Scripture? There's a, say again, Pentecost. This is very interesting because we, we tie these things to a certain period of time called the rapture when, in fact, they're, they're not tied to the rapture itself. Jesus has given a foretelling of something that's going to come place. Fairly, I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away. What is a generation? Remember, we talked about it. Revolution of time. It's not 70 years. It's not 80 years. This particular word in this particular place means revolution of time. That revolution of time could be 100 years, could be two days, it could be 10,000 years. Because if it meant the generation that sees all of this and this was the end of the world, does this make sense? If all these things describe the end of time, the end of the world, and Jesus said, now this generation that sees all these things, this generation is going to see the end. Well, we're still living, and that generation has been dead and gone a couple of thousands of years. So understand the process here, and again, prophetic language and understanding that Jesus has given a direction first to his people, and understanding that all these things are going to happen in Jerusalem, all these things are going to take place, and get ready because, you know what? The fig tree is about to bud. We relate that to whom? The fig tree budding in Israel. Okay. Understand this about the New Testament, and I'll give you the Scripture next week when we talk about the time of the Gentiles. The New Testament calls the New Testament church Israel. It actually, it actually says church Israel, calls us Israel. So we're going to talk about that time of the Gentiles because there's, therein lies a lot of confusion about these things that are supposedly happening at the end, things that have already happened. Now, let me stop here. There are some that, have, that teach this. That all of that's happened, and tribulations happened, and revelations happened, and all that's done. We're just waiting now on Jesus to come. Everything else happened. When the Roman Empire did what it did to Jerusalem, that fulfilled all of Revelation. There's some, we don't teach that, but I'm just saying there's some who teach that. That everything was fulfilled in that time, in that given arena, in that given era. But understand, there's the, the things we're going to talk about with with the times of the Gentiles, we'll prove that out. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting. I had to look that up, but that it actually means like having a stroke. It means to have a stroke or a seizure. Drunkenness, cares of life, so that, that they uh, come upon you unaware. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch you therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So that's going to be the end of this part of it. As we've talked about, the, at the end we're going we're to talk about the final days uh, of time as we know beginning at, at the rapture, the thousand years, and at the end of time. 
the prophetic understanding about those things. Here's the problem most people don't understand. There's three types of prophecies. We've already said it. won't say it again. But you, if, if you try to tie the prophecies of Israel to the prophecies of the church, you get totally confused. Prophecies of the world with the prophecies of Israel, you get totally confused because there are different prophecies for different purposes. And God saw it that way because each one of us is judged according. The Jews will be judged according. The, the Gentiles will be judged according. Uh, and the church, Gentiles, and then the world will be judged according. The good thing is our judgment has happened at the cross. But, but it's important because when we come back to the end thing, the judgments are very important to understand because we're going to talk about the judgment seat of Christ, the, ju- you know, the judgment of deeds. There's, there's, there's more judgments than most Christians realize in Scripture. There's more judgments in, in the end than, than most. Mm-hmm. Here's the, here's, here's the question about redemption, and I'm going to ask you this question, and we'll end with this because I've got a few minutes. When are you redeemed? When, when are we redeemed? It's not at the rapture. The cross redeems us, but when are we redeemed? When you're born again. That's when redemption's process begins in your life. It's not at the rapture. It's not at the judgment at the end. It's not about any of that. Redemption, redemption was paid for at the, at the cross, but it begins when you're born again. Your redemption process begins. And so look up your redemption, redemption draweth nigh. doesn't mean look up. The rapture's happening. You can be born again. Look up. Your redemption is near. So some things to understand, and we'll, go, we'll get a little deeper into this because we're going to get into the Gentile part of this, which is the redemption thing is pretty heavy in this. Bishop, did you have? Surfeiting is an excess of eating and drinking. Excess of eating and drinking? Yeah. Okay. The word I looked up, it said, in Strong's, it said a seizure or a headache or something like that. Maybe I got the wrong. Okay. It's an, it was an excessive thing. Excessive. Yeah, okay. Excessive eating and, eating and drinking. drinking. Okay. So excessive eating and drinking, drunkenness, all that. So, okay. Thank you. I'd never heard that word till I studied this. I'd never even crossed that word. Anything else? Anybody? This process is meant to help us understand what's going on. Because, again, there's, you know, why do you ever, about every 10 or 12 years, some guy comes out with some prophetic book that the, the world's tomorrow. Y'all remember when 2000 was coming around? End of the world. Remember in 2012 was coming around? My encounter? End of the world. There's always somebody coming because there's a non understanding. 88 reasons why Jesus is coming in 1988. <laughs> yeah. And then he came back the next year and said 89 reasons because I forgot one or I missed one or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he missed that one. Yeah, it's always going to be those because trying to understand prophecy is difficult at best. But when you cross over stuff and you don't understand, you know, prophetic language and that kind of thing, it really messes us up. Okay.
Yeah. Y'all know this teaching is not meant to lead someone to Jesus Christ, right? <laughs> Don't fly up to somebody and say, oh, <laughs> you know, this, this is, you know, that's why it's kind of meat of the word. So it's that we, we get a grasp on where we stand. Because regardless of how you feel about what's happened in the last few months, weeks and months, uh, here it comes. Here it comes. Be ready. Again, I'm not a prophet. Don't, don't say, ah, you prophesied. No, I'm not prophesying. Just saying, you know, Jesus said, look, you, you see the clouds way off, and you know the rain's coming. Why can't you discern spiritual things like that? So I hear the sound of abundance of rain. <laughs> yeah, we think because America's collapsing, this is the sign of the end. But yeah. the prophecy, we have to watch Israel. Correct, correct. America has nothing to do with the end time period. That, that's the scary. Well, what does that tell you? That, that, that's the scary thing for our children and our grandchildren is that we're not mentioned. Oh, before the end ever happens, yeah. Th this, we could fold into a third world country in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the powers that be are already. Blessed is he that readeth this prophecy and understand it. It's meant to be understood in its port of time. So, yep, that's why I'm saying we're, re we're right for a revival. Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. See y'all Sunday. Read the end of the book. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather, and you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.